to the Superbad Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Hopkins Walton. I'm a former hairdresser, mom, small business owner, and a breast cancer survivor. I loved talking to people when I did hair, and I want to continue with that with women who have been through the breast cancer journey. There is so much that happens with healing and connection when you are storytelling. Hang out with me every week to find out how to put one foot in front of the other and get back on the path of feeling alive. Because I'll be interviewing women just like you who have joined the crappy cancer club. Any stage of breast cancer, any type. Basically, if breast cancer has touched your life, you belong here. Why do I call it the Super Bad Podcast? Because super bad is when you're authentic and have the mindset that you can take on just about damn near anything. So just think of the Super Bad Podcast as chilling with your best girlfriends who get it and will talk about it. Are you ready? So everybody, I would like to introduce you to Allison Prophet, who is my business coach, and we're going to flip the script today, and she's going to introduce me. So everybody, this is Allison. Hi, Hannah. Thank you so much. And I wanted to say how excited I am to be here so that people can get to know a little bit more about Hannah and a little bit more about your inspiration for what you're doing at a deeper level. We get deep in our sessions together. So we thought it would be really fun to peel that curtain back. It's often hard to talk about ourselves, but I think when it's something that's facilitated through questioning, more comes out to the surface. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. Uh, Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. So let's start off with a little bit about what what really, I know you've shared what your inspiration for this podcast was, but what's really, really behind it? Um, that's a good question. I think that it is the connections is my deepest, sincere desire. Um, I think that I was really surprised by the fear I felt from feeling isolated and being in the unknown. And so, and I know how easily it is to get that way just because we're so busy and we don't want to bother anybody. And I vibe really high from connecting people and engaging with their stories and uh, just feeling those vulnerabilities. And then also uh, loving the joys that people share as well. Cause I do know how much, uh, how scary the whole journey can be. So people need to feel like, oh, this other person's story resonates with mine in some way, shape or form. And so I get really, really excited by connecting people. I love that so much. Um, And we're going to get deep fast here. You ready? (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) Little scared, but ready. (laughs) You've got this. You've done hard things. (laughs) Last week, we were talking in one of our sessions about how the experience of post-cancer is that you look the same, you're doing the same things, but you are different. Mm -hmm. And when you started to talk about that, you got emotional. And I would love for you to just peel back 
another layer to share a little bit more about what do you mean by that? And for people who haven't, and I have not gone through a cancer journey myself. Um, so that was a really interesting perspective for me when you were sharing that. And so I'd love for you to let's get raw, dig into that a little bit and share, <laughs> share more what's behind that. Jump right in. Um, yeah, I think that's something that for anybody who has experienced breast cancer, we know so deep down and raw and, and you're absolutely right. People who have not been through it don't even realize that's part of it. Um, when you have your surgeries, um, I've said it time and again, you're in survival mode where you're just on to the next thing. And it's just a matter of getting, staying alive at that point, um, uh, from one thing to another, uh, one, one appointment, one procedure to the next. And then when you're done with the treatments, you kind of have a moment. Well, you have lots and lots of moments where you're like, did you freaking get the number to that bus that I got hit by? <laughs> because it's, um, the time is more quiet and you have a moment where you look in the mirror and you wonder what the hell happened to you. Cause there's huge scars and they're red and they're, um, solid. They're tough. You know, you realize that your skin hurts when you touch it. You know, it's like little needles. Um, it's the little things you're trying to figure out how clothes fit because, you know, the freaking little pleats in the side of shirts where your breasts go don't fit anymore. <laughs> and it's very emotional sometimes trying to sit with your new body. Um, sex isn't the same, you know, it's, it's all the different things, all the different ways of being different. And so, yeah, from the outside, you know, you put your clothes on, you go to work, you look the same, but you're doing a lot of the same things. Fill your car up with gas, go to the grocery store, take care of your kids. Um, but inside you are so truly different physically and emotionally too, because um, some of your identity has been taken away. Uh, there's a fear, the fear of your finances could be taken away at any moment. Your life could be taken away. You're kind of building your foundation on new ground where you realize just how tentative all of the things that you just took for granted before are. So that's the long answer to that question. <laughs> I'm sure it's a, and the answer to the question is one that will continue to unfold for you and for anybody else in the journey as they yeah. go. Um, as you know, my backgrounds in human resources, one of the things that you were just talking about is like your finances might go away, your job might go away. And um, in my journey working in HR for many years before becoming a business coach, walking people through uh, tragedies in some way related to their health uh, was something that I had to do navigating FMLA and short-term disability and potentially long-term disability and the insurance companies and really just trying to hold their hand and help them navigate that process. Mm -hmm. um, so for people that are listening that have, um, they work in a company, make sure you are reaching out to your human resources department. Don't 
Good do it on your own. Um, there's also employee assistance programs. Not that I intended this to turn into an advocacy <laughs> a commercial, but it's really, really important to know that you are not on your own. Yeah. And, um, don't just, um, every company is a little bit different, but just remember that there are resources and keep going until you find them. So Hannah, um, I want to kind of acknowledge for you, you're a small business owner. And so I would be really curious, uh, you know, because you have your hairdressing business before you started Sunbunny, uh, of course, the sponsor for the podcast, will give them a little plug here. But, um, how did you, how did you navigate that as a small business owner? I would love a little insight to that question. Yeah. Um, uh, I was really at a point when I had cancer where they were talking about when I would go into chemo, chemo and radiation, they had no idea when I'd come back. So um, I've expressed from the very beginning, I was asking my doctors, how long is this going to take? <laughs> I wanted a, I wanted a plan. I wanted an end date. I wanted to know what to do. And for the first time in my life, I had to just kind of throw it up in the air and give it up. And so for me, I ended up having to just say goodbye to clients and say, I'll see you when I see you. Um, and just it, it all kind of got stripped away real fast because I went from my diagnosis to three weeks later having a mastectomy. And fortunately, mine turned around where within six months I was back to work part time. It ended up being best case scenario in my situation where I could go back to work. But yeah, I didn't have any, anything in place for like disability or anything like that. I was fortunate that I had health insurance. <laughs> so I was celebrating that moment. But yeah, uh, financially, it really was frightening. We were trying to figure out if we would have to rent out our house and move into a short-term rental, things like that, uh, with only looking at one, one income with my husband's income. It's definitely a really scary time. Uh, I would like to say that I found at that time uh, a service called pinkfund.org. And what they do is they can help you pay your bills. I think at that time it was up to $6,000 a month for like mortgage and bills and things like that. So there are things out there, but it can be a really scary time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. And uh, just a, another layer of the identity crisis. Yeah. Because I think we often define ourselves by what we do as opposed yeah. to who we are, right? Yes. <laughs> and so once that sort of potentially goes away, I'm sure that before you really knew that you were going to go back to work, there was a piece of you that was like, who am I going to be if I'm not a hairdresser? So it's like, yeah, I suspect there's some existential crisis uh, that happens. Uh, what, what are your, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? No, no, it's, it's, um, it was definitely a humbling experience because it's, I realized that my ego really liked being the rock star. People would come to my business and they would be excited to see me. And I provided excitement and, you know, some, of course, hairdresser counseling for the day. And it, it was, it's a fun, fast, furious job. I, I would just 
be booked appointment after appointment after appointment. And uh, so that was something to really look at is both the pace that I worked and then also my ego for when it was gone and kind of settling into who am I as a person instead of who is Hannah, the rock star hairdresser. <laughs> that was, that was, a that was, that was hard for a while. Yeah. Let's, let's, I want to take this thread a little bit, a little bit deeper. <laughs> so when you and I first met, I remember you talking about how you're a pretty sassy, positive person, right? That rock star pop personality and that you found that in the cancer journey, the, the communities that you were coming across didn't align with that part of who you are, right? Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about how, 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 that, how did that feel and what did you do to overcome that in the moment? Yeah, of course, when I was diagnosed, I started Googling and all I got was I wanted emotional help. But really what I was getting was lots of medical information or um, Facebook groups or forums. And it was, now I realize the worst of the worst. And I feel like it can be really overwhelming and scary when you're looking at that. And then also, I there's a term for it now that I know, and it's called pinkwashing. And it is just basically, oh, we'll throw something pink on it and you'll feel better. And I got to tell you, I didn't freaking feel better. <laughs> I felt empty and hollow and like I didn't connect with a group. I think, yes, it's it's lovely to support and the, you know, the pink tutus and the 5Ks and all that. But when I was scared, that's not what calmed me. And so I was really looking for a community of people that were authentic and talking about the journey. But I think um, now I think it's less about the actual procedures because yes, we have questions about that, but more about the emotions of how do we deal with all this new information, new way of life that we're dealing with. That's what I was looking for. And I didn't find it. I decided to try to muddle my way through and create what I missed (laughs) because I figured there has to be other people out there that felt the same way. Yeah. And I know in the work we're doing in, in our business coaching relationship, there's of course, somebody, which is your amazing shirt company that you've designed from your experience of what you needed as you were going through your recovery but then there is this other community aspect that you're starting to build through the podcast and really stepping into what you feel your purpose is in terms of being that person that's bringing this really authentic and warm and fun and welcoming community and The thing I love so much about you, Hannah, is that, and this is so true for all of us, as we're going through our own personal growth journey, we have this imposter syndrome. 
Yeah. And, and we we say we want to go and do these things and other people mirror to us as to how great we are and that we give great advice and we say inspiring things and we walk the journey and they're inspired by that and want to want to have somebody to model and the truth is, is internally, we're like, well, who am I to do that? And you and I have done some really powerful work. It's been really, really fun to watch you so just openly and vulnerably just dig into that and be open to somebody saying, stop that, stop questioning yourself. And I love that you want to create a space to allow women to to feel safe in that same kind of journey for them. And I know that you've kind of been like, well, I'm not a coach and I'm not a trained coach. And I would beg to differ be since you've been a hairdresser for so long, you're probably more of a therapist than a coach, but (laughs) real world training. (laughs) That's right. Real world training. And so we've, we've talked a little bit about just you maybe being a guide for people who cares what you call it, but you are creating a space. You are creating a community to really walk women through this journey. Uh, Tell me a little bit more about this imposter syndrome thing and just what you're hoping to create in this community, even though it's not fully clarified or structured yet. I want the world to know that this is, this is, this is working behind the scenes, which is why we're having this conversation. Cause I want people to know that you have some magic, Hannah, <laughs> you really do. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, go ahead and <laughs> dig a little into this imposter syndrome and, and share, share a little bit more about this, this vision that you have. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is that I want the women to know that I see you because I see you because it's unspoken, all the internal turmoil that's happening. You can move through it. I know that when I was year one, year two, after my surgeries, it was a dark time where I was quiet. Like people would want to share my email or my phone number so that I could talk to a friend of theirs who was diagnosed. And I was so broken. There was nothing in me to give. And since then I have done journaling and lots and lots and lots of self-work to come out the other side where now I can talk about everything. And I see people and I, I see when women are in that darkness and you can climb out of it. And so I, you're right. I did have imposter syndrome because I thought, well, God, I'm this goofy tattooed person who's rose colored glasses. And how do you talk about things that are both playful and not (laughs) because I thought people don't want to talk to me because I am optimistic. But I realized, oh my gosh, no. When do you need light more? Because cancer is really scary and not every situation turns out the best. And I thought that that's really what frightened me is how do you talk to people about emotionally feeling better when not everybody gets better? And so I got stuck in that for quite a while 
where, oh my gosh, I don't know how to deal with that enormity. But I think then I've realized you deal with it with grace because you're right. Some stories are fantastic. Some stories are not. And there's a whole lot in between. But if you can help one person, it's a ripple effect where it affects the people they work with. It affects their family. It affects their whole way of being and their vibration in this world. Getting out of that place of fear and darkness, you literally walk a different path in the world. So that is what kind of got me out of that imposter syndrome. (laughs) What are you still afraid of? Really? You're going to hit me with a question like that now? (laughs) Well, I I mean, it's real, right? You're so right. I'm almost tearing up. (laughs) Well, because you are sassy, you are fun, you are rose-colored glasses, and you're also human. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Um, What am I still afraid of? I Well, of course, cancer coming back. That's Mm. a narrative in the back of my head. I think, will my, the rug be pulled out from underneath me again? And I think that's something that we all deal with. This past year with COVID, I think the entire world has gotten a taste of what that's kind of like. Now, better than any other time in history, people can empathize with what it feels like to have a major diagnosis and really understand how your world can just be flipped upside down in an instant. I think that Knowing how to do things the right way in my business is scary for me. And I'm learning more and more. I'm surrounding myself by people who are smarter than me. (laughs) That's something I've always tried to do, both with hair. uh, I would always try to position myself around people that I could learn from. And then now in this business as well, trying to really just uh, work with it from an open heart and trying to surround myself by the best people to move forward. And that helps to quell the fear (laughs) business-wise. I remember when you said something in one of our conversations about how when people are going through the, the recovery journey and they have that quiet time to kind of think about what's important in life and, and, what they want to do, who they want to be, and then past their recovery, they just go right back on, get on the same bike. Yeah. Get right back on that hamster wheel and how that is terribly sad. I think we're seeing some of that, even just with the pandemic people Mm -hmm. during all the lockdowns, people started to get out in nature more and spend a little bit more time with their family in an intentional way. Cause we were scared. There was a lot of unknowns and, and I think that there was a, a thought that maybe this would make some changes in the world mm-hmm. in terms of how people are existing in, in their existence. 
And I wonder if there is actually going to be any sustainable change with people actually committing to what they said was important to them and how they wanted to change, knowing that mortality could potentially be facing us right in the face, which by the way, folks, we are all one day closer to dying every single day. (laughs) So this is not new information, (laughs) but what are your, what are your reflections on your own journey in that, and then also your reflections on when you see other women just getting right back on the hamster wheel. Yeah, I did that where basically the doctors said, okay, you're good. Go get back to work. And I felt like they kind of patted me on the head, like a little kid and just, they didn't throw me back into it, but I threw me back into it where Next thing I knew, I was right back to working 10 hour days, back to back, no breaks, eating two energy bars and six cups of coffee during the day and not taking care of me as a human. And I'm my own boss. So that's the even worse thing was I had worked for myself and, you know, I just, I did that to myself. I used to always say my boss is a jerk (laughs) because I was doing that booking. So I caught myself going right back into that. And I think a big part of that was fear. It was fear that um, for the finances, I felt like I needed to get as much under my belt as I could just to make sure I had a safety net. But then I was, that went on for a little while. And then finally I thought, what am I doing? This is everything that I didn't want to do was literally take care of myself as a human uh, and, and allow myself to feel fine, to drink a glass of water, to have a more calm soul, (laughs) a more calm sense of self. And then the pandemic hit because I was pretty much going the way that my booking was people booked three, six months out. So it was just a well-oiled machine from a business standpoint, from a human standpoint, I was a train ready to hit a wall. And then the pandemic hit. And I think the good thing about the pandemic was it literally had me go, what are you doing? You need to take care of your body. And that really hit home. I'm trying to do life differently now, which it's really scary to try to do something totally different, but, uh, it's working. It's, it's a layering of information. And now I'm prioritizing, uh, myself and eating real food and not processed bars and thinking about how to take care of myself. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Some of what I'm hearing is around boundaries Yeah. Yes. Good, good, good nugget. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about boundaries and how they play a role in the while after you're diagnosed, while you're going through treatment in recovery. I feel like there's so many, we could do a whole episode about boundaries. Let's put that on the list. Right. Oh my (laughs) gosh. You are so right. Um, and that's something I've struggled with my whole life is boundaries. And it kind of goes back to who are we as people? Um, what is our identity? Because for me, my identity was so wrapped up in 
uh, pleasing and saying, yes, I was in service industries most of my life and the customer is always right. You always say yes. And um, so a big lesson has been learning to say no. And the world doesn't stop when you say no. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, it, and did you yes. know is a whole sentence? You can just put a period after yes. it. That is a brand new thing for me. It's lovely. <laughs> 48 <laughs> years on the planet before I realized, oh my gosh. Yeah. So that is, that's been, I'm a work in progress with that one. Learning to see overwhelm ahead of time and when it starts to happen and understanding where my energy sits when I am pleasing and saying yes, even though I know that it's not going to work. For example, when I did hair, people would want something that was ridiculous, you know, uh, something that can't be done in just one session. And I had enough sensibility at that point to say, no, we can make a plan for it. We can, you know, I, we can negotiate. I'm learning how to do that in regular life now too. <laughs> so. Yeah. What, what has been the, the joy of learning boundaries for you so far? Feeling peaceful and having the time for my family. I think the problem that I had was each little thing is no big deal. But when you put them all together, you're overwhelmed and tapped. And I think that's so common because you don't see step outside and see the big picture. And so for me, putting everything on a calendar has really helped Mm. because I can look at it and go, my day's already gone. No, I don't have time for that. So (laughs) I needed it to be that obvious for myself. And then also blocking out time. This was a huge thing, blocking out time for self-care, blocking out time for, nope, this is family time and nothing touches that. Yeah. Because... I think that we stay so busy. We don't make time for just being. And that is, that's a boundary that I've found since all of this. That's beautiful. And, And that's one of the first things that I really talk with my clients about is just that you have to learn how to be and not compare yourself, not worry about what everybody else is doing and trust and know that everything is coming together. You talked earlier about how you were a planner. You were like, all right, what's the plan doc? Yeah. (laughs) You just wanted all the pieces in place and we're not necessarily conditioned to allow. And we tend to want to have all the answers and the truth is, is that the, there, that can often create expectations. And then when things don't go according to plan or according to the expectations, then there's this spiral that we can fall into, or we get ourselves into a stress response, which actually depletes your immune system and yeah. makes you um, not necessarily in a good place for health, vitality, well-being. And, and, and I think the other thing too, that probably happens for a lot of women is that externally they'll appear um, like they've got 
all their uh, all their ish together. Can't remember if this is an explicit podcast or not, but on, on the some outside, are, they, <laughs> what's that? Some of them are, some of them aren't. There's an S okay. dropped sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, externally, it may appear that they've got all of their stuff together. Yeah. But then internally, there's just pressure and guilt and shame and fear and lack and scarcity and all of those pieces. And so getting to a place where you can be open and joyful and in the moment. Yeah. And you have to allow yourself space for that. So if you're just jamming your calendar with all of the things and running from here to there, you're not giving yourself the space to discover who you are and lean into it and ask yourself, this is who I was 10 years ago, five years ago, one year ago. Is this who I want to be now? Mm -hmm. And just focusing on now and not worrying so much about the past and not worrying so much about the future, but just being here right now. And I see you really being able to step more and more into that journey. And I'm just so excited that you are creating space and bringing awareness to this in the corner of the world that you are trying to influence because they're just, we just, we all need to be out there doing that and helping people feeling more empowered to be and tune into what has, what noise have they been subscribing to and adding to their own lives. I think there's a lot of women that just are Oh, with a family. Oh, my husband. Oh, my work. It's like, well, what about you? Where are you in all of that? Because if you aren't in that space where you are deeply connected to you and what makes you feel good you're, I mean, you're just, you're fatiguing your body and you're, you're just tell your, your whole body is just in this stress response all the time. And, um, and it sounds like a cancer diagnosis forces you to slow down, but then there's a conscious decision at some point that you have to decide enough. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I was thinking when you were talking, um, I heard a great concept of if you're constantly thinking about the past, like, oh my gosh, reliving uh instances, reliving situations, thinking about all that, or if you're thinking about the future, what do I want to do? What needs to be done? Then you're a time traveler. We're not time travelers. We are people. We are humans. And I think about that and try to say in my head, don't be a time traveler, sit. Because so much can actually get figured out by being present. The other thing I thought about was a lot of the times when I pre-cancer during cancer, I would put on bright red lipstick. So that way people wouldn't ask me if I was okay. Because if you had on bright red lipstick and you looked vivacious and fun and everything, you could kind of skip over all that and just move through life. And so now if I put on bright red lipstick, I kind of ask myself, is this for the joy of wearing bright red lipstick <laughs> or is it to be a shield to cover something up? B- 
being in that present moment has really been, been a positive thing. More mm, I love that. What I just really kind of heard you say there is like, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And then choosing how long you want to be not okay. One choice there. Yeah. Yeah. You get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, Hannah, I feel like there's going to be more of these conversations as your journey unfolds. I can't wait to uh, be a part of that and watch um, the super bad podcast community grow and just all the amazing work that you're doing in the world. Um, what are the, what are the two final thoughts that you want our listeners, your listeners to, to take away from this conversation today? Oh goodness. I think the biggest thing is you are enough just as you are. And it's so important to forgive yourself for being human because a fight or flight is what kept us alive <laughs> for all the years and years. A response to major things in life is okay. But then we get to choose our path forward, being intentional about that and completely authentic with that is, is the next step. Beautiful. Well, folks, that's Hannah. She's your host and she's pretty darn amazing. So I'm sure she'll tell you all the things, but be sure to subscribe to her, her show on all the places, share this episode and uh, connect with her. You will be happy that you did. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with Allison and I today at the Superbad Podcast. I really hope that you connected with something that was said. And if you'd like to get in contact with Allison, you can find her on Instagram at Profit Coach, which is P-R-O-F-F-I-T-C-O-A-C-H. She also has the Soulful Entrepreneur Community and really great retreats. And if somebody you love has experienced breast cancer and this episode would help them feel not so alone, please share it, email it, or text it to them. Also, please rate and review the podcast. It really, really does help me get these stories out there. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the connections that this podcast is making. And if I can help one woman feel better, then my mission is accomplished. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye.